Thank you so much for listening to this installment on the Zeke Said So podcast. I wanted to remind you guys that the Zeke Said So podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Uh, if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, make sure you leave a review on the feed, preferably a positive review. It helps more people see the show, and it helps us grow and continue to give you this amazing content. Also wanted to remind you guys that, that you can check out the Zeke Said So written blog. Go to zekesaidso.wordpress.com, and you may find the Zeke Said So podcast in a written blog. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Zeke said so and on Instagram at Zeke underscore said underscore so. And one more thing, if you would like to support the show, you can find a link in the description of every podcast we put up to our listener support feature. Once you get there, you may donate any amounts. And for those who do, you will receive a special shout out right here on the podcast feed. Not a mandate. You don't have to do you don't have to do it. But it does help us out a lot. And you guys are also supporting the show just by listening to this amazing content. Now, with that down, let's get right back to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Web Slingers Podcast. This is the one only show where we talk about all things Spider-Man and the Marvel Universe. And we got some stuff to talk about. Um, now, I, I should give a big disclaimer, okay? Big disclaimer. I know, I said I was going to review She-Hulk week to week. Um, however, and this will kind of count as a mini-reaction... I watched episode two this week, and although I still really enjoyed this episode of She-Hulk, I really did. I liked it. I liked it a lot. There wasn't really that much for me to talk about in She-Hulk episode two. Um, I At least I didn't feel like there was. Um, my quick non-spoilerific thoughts on it... Um, I thought it was very enjoyable. Uh, once again, the, the 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 writing for me is um, clever. Um, but I just like for me, I I didn't really um, I didn't love it as much as I loved that premiere episode. Um, now, I am gonna review the series once the rest of it like finishes on Disney Plus. I'm going to do an entire review of the series just like I do with all the Disney Plus shows. 
and I wanted to review She-Hulk week to week, but I think I think the reason why I'm not going to review She-Hulk week week to week is mainly because I I because these episodes are so short, I don't really think there's much content for me to talk about in a full 30 to 45 minute episode of the Webster's podcast because I always try to keep this show to 30 to 45 minutes. There's of course exceptions like when we talk about the the Marvel Comic Con stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, what's uh, but yeah, that's why that's why you're not getting a uh, a She Hulk um, review episode. Um, but yeah, um, but what we are gonna do is we're gonna talk about um, a topic that I've been really passionate about. But I'll get into that in a second. I wanted to kind of run down two of the biggest news stories that dropped this week um in regards to spider-man and the marvel universe there's two really big things that 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 dropped this week so let's get into those uh the first one is spider-man no way home extended cut tickets go on sale this past week and it will include 11 minutes of new footage um so along with the tickets going on on sale um let me see spider-man no way home oh wait sorry ah no, stop it. Stupid. Hold on, guys. I'm I'm sorry, my computer froze on me again. Um, okay. So So of course they announced uh, months ago that we were getting an extended cut for Spider Man. Uh, no way home, and uh, yeah, um, they also uh, gave it an official release date. And let me see, find it here. There we go. Um, so they 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 not only did they announce a release date, but they dropped a trailer and a new poster uh, for the film, uh, which includes uh, Toby and Andrew on the poster. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, Spider-Man along uh, it's Tom along with Toby and Andrew. Plus, you know, it's pretty similar. It's it's a very similar poster to the one we had originally, except with way more characters on the poster. Now that they're not afraid of spoiling the movie, um, but they also released a 30-second trailer for this re-release that and that announced that it's going to promise. It promises 11 minutes worth of new footage. Um, so yeah, there's, so yeah, there's, there's that. Um, and it is going to be released on September 2nd, this upcoming Friday. So not only are we getting uh, the Rings of Power series dropping uh, on September 2nd, we're also going to get the Spider-Man No Way Home extended cut, and that's pretty exciting. So, so let's uh. Yeah, let's, um, what, what are my thoughts on this? Um, I will say, I'm, I'm glad they're re-releasing it, and I already got my tickets to see it. However, when I, when I heard it was 11 minutes of new footage, I just sat there and went, 11 minutes? That's it? <laughs> like, 11 minutes? That's, that's it? Um, so... Who knows? I mean, like, for me, who knows? 
this this could end up being the, a great cut. Or I might watch it and go, yeah, no, I still prefer the theatrical cut, you know. So, um, and I also don't know what what is this new trend with Sony um, re-releasing their MCU Spider-Man movies, but a longer cut of them. Like they did the same thing with Far From Home. They they took Far From Home, they released the theatrical version, then all of a sudden they were like, oh well, like I think it was like three months later they were like, oh you want to come back and watch Spider-Man Far From Home? Well, come see it in in its new extended cut. And that's where they of course added the uh, um, the Peter's uh, uh, Peter's to do list. Um, short that's on the Blu-ray. They put that onto the um, into the extended cut. Um, but this makes this I. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll probably watch it, and then I'll probably still prefer the theatrical cut. But I I I'm I'm interested. I'm very intrigued to to see this cut. Um, uh, very interestingly, I don't see, I mean, obviously Doc Ock's arms are there, but I don't see Doc Ock's face in this poster at all, actually. You know, I see, I see Sandman, I see Lizard, I see, um, I see Electro, I see, um, uh, Green Goblin, and I see Matt Murdock on the poster, but I don't really see, and I don't, and I'll be honest, I don't even know what the hell Matt Murdock's even doing on the poster, because, I mean, unless, unless one of the extended scenes is that they, they have another scene with him in it, um, but as far as I know, he really only has one scene in the movie, so I don't know why they threw him on the poster, because he really only has one scene in the movie. Same with Wong, though. Like, Wong only shows up for, like, one scene, and then he's out of the movie. I mean, again, unless there's an extended version of the scene that we saw in the movie, I, I don't know. So, we'll see We'll see what happens there. Okay, uh, next, uh, the next news rundown topic that we're going to briefly discuss is, um, so... Obviously, Marvel has been searching for a new director. A lot of people had kind of uh, assumed that uh, John Krasinski would be one of the lucky people uh, directing the um, directing the film. But Marvel has their shortlist, and one of the people who is in talks to direct is uh, WandaVision director Matt Shankman, and the other shortlist. The other uh, two directors that are up for the running are Michael Matthews, who directed Love and Monsters, and Reed Carolyn, who who was the co-director of Dog. Um, now, let me bring up... Hold on. Okay. Um, now... <laughs> so let's so let's talk about this for a second, okay? Let's let's uh talk about this um wonderful idea of a movie that we have with um of of with Fantastic Four. Now, 
As far as the other two directors goes, Love and Monsters, I never got around to watching. Never got around to watching. Um, so I, I might... Oh, well, no wonder I haven't heard of it. It's because it came out in 2020 due, uh, during the pandemic. Um, but I... I Maybe if maybe if um if Michael Matthews ends up being the one directing, uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, but I have never seen Love and Monsters, so I can't really comment on Michael Matthews as a director. But I did see Dog with um, Channing Tatum, um, and not only was it Channing Tatum's directorial debut, but Reed Carolyn was the co-director of that film. Um, Dog was okay. Dog was okay. It, it was. It's one of those movies where you kind of know exactly where it's gonna go. You, it's just one of those heartfelt romance. Those, it's not romance, but heartfelt boy and his dog stories. You know, and it's 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 so great. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my uh, that's my impression of uh, of 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 someone who loved dog. Um, no, um. But but dog was it was it was a, it was a, it was good. I, I thought it was I thought it was fine. Um, it, it's not the greatest movie ever, so I I don't really love the idea of Reed Carolyn taking on Fantastic Four just because of I feel like that almost feels like uh, I don't know. Matt Shankman is the one that really excites me. Now, obviously, you guys know WandaVision is my favorite Marvel Disney Plus show. Okay, and honestly, WandaVision is one of the best things that has come out of Phase Four, in my opinion. Um, so I love the idea of Matt Shankman directing. He's worked with Marvel before. He's a big fan of the property, and um, and not only it's not just his work on um, it's not just uh his work on um. On WandaVision, it's the other stuff that he's worked on. Um, he he directed uh, an episode of The Boys. Um, uh, he directed uh, two episodes of Game of Thrones. You know, so um, he's he's directed he's from he's a he's a, a television director that's he's made his name in television. Um, and then what he did with WandaVision, I thought, was nothing short of spectacular. Um, doing all nine episodes of that show, I thought, was nothing short of spectacular. Um, and I'm very excited to see what he does with Fantastic Four. If he indeed ends up directing it. We don't know for sure if he... Because he's in talks. Many directors have been in talks to direct movies before. Um, I believe Aver DuVernay was in talks to direct Black Panther at one point, and then of course those talks fell through. So, obviously, we don't know for sure if this is true. We'll just have to wait and see. But if Matt Shakeman is the one to direct it, that is the one director's choice out of the three ones that they have here. That's the one that excites me the most. Is you know Michael Matthews again? I've never seen Love and Monsters. So who knows? Maybe this might end up being like another James Gunn situation. Because before James Gunn directed Guardians, I never saw Slither. I never saw Super. You know, um, that, the only James Gunn related property that I had seen was the, the two Scooby Doo movies that he wrote. 
Um, so obviously I'm I so and then James Gunn impressed me with Guardians, and I ended up being exposed to some of his other work, um, like Slither and Super, um, and the specials. So, um, yeah, no, like, um, if, if Matt Shankman is the one that is directing Fantastic, is, that is going to direct Fantastic Four, that one excites me the most, out of those three. I personally wanted to see John Krasinski do it, just because I thought it made sense. Um, that is, if John Krasinski ends up starring as Reed Richards. I don't know if he's actually going to end up playing Reed Richards, though. I don't know. I, I, because I truly believe that they just had him in Doctor Strange just simply for the sake of fan service. And so, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is the news rundown. Uh, we are going to go ahead and move on to the next, to the, to the main part of the show. Um, I wanted to, to talk about this um, because this this was very interesting to me. Um, I've seen a lot of people in recent um, in recent uh, months kind of bashing on Thor: Love and Thunder, saying that it's a it's a bad movie. And and I have my thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder, but I really wanted to analyze it again and to see if it truly is a bad movie. Now, I have not seen it... Um, I've, I've seen it a grand total of four times in theaters, but I have not seen it beyond that four times. I, I, think, I think four times in theaters was enough for me to... to, to, to kind of understand uh, how I talk about it. And since the movie is debuting on Disney Plus on September um, on September 8th, I kind of do want to talk about this movie just because I want to kind of break it down and analyze it and see if it really is a bad movie. If if it's the worst, if it's one of the, if it's the if it's one of the worst MCU films. So Without any further ado, let's go ahead and let's get into the Thor Love and Thunder. I guess we'll call this a Thor Love and Thunder retrospective. So I, I did indeed call this a retrospective, but I think I'd rather just use the term look back. I don't know. I'll give it a new name. Um, but uh, so, okay, so let's let's delve deep into Thor Love and Thunder because it's been out, you know, Love and Thunder. It's been it's been out there. It's been it was talked about for a little while and it's still playing in theaters. It's still playing. It's got like four show times at the local theater, at the Regal Theater near my near my near my house, um, and yeah, it's 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 out there. It's playing for for the world to enjoy. 
Um, but let's let's uh, take a look at the see if I can find on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, um, Thor: Love and Thunder has a sixty-five percent critic rating and a seventy-seven percent audience rating. Um, so let's, let's, let's delve into this. So a lot of people have talked about this movie at nauseum, talking about how it's too silly. It's too silly. Now I've heard a lot of people say how this is somehow the worst Marvel movie. I heard one person, I, I, I was actually talking to somebody um about this the other day um um it was was actually a friend of mine we were having a debate about thor love and thunder yes yes because our debates are about a space viking with a magic hammer um but no we were having a debate about this uh about this about this particular movie and this individual thinks that thor love and thunder is by far the worst film in the mcu I and I kind of fought against that because I don't think it's actually that bad. Now, is Thor: Love and Thunder a a great film in the MCU? No, I I don't think so. Um, I think it definitely has its uh its problems, and you know it's 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 definitely um when you compare it to something like uh like. I don't know, like Eternals, which came out last year. Um, no, not as good as that, uh, in my opinion, because I really loved Eternals, and not as good as films like No Way Home or Shang-Chi or anything like that. But is it by far the worst film in the MCU? Um, no, I, I don't think so, because for me, the worst film in the MCU for me is actually a Thor movie, but it's called Thor The Dark World. Now, let me kind of tell you a little bit about my experience with Thor The Dark World, okay? When I first saw that movie in the theater back in 2013, I loved it. I thought it was really great. Um, not my favorite film in the MCU, but I thought it was maybe top five at that point. But then I rewatched it again, like, about a year later. And I couldn't finish it. Like it was, it was one of those movies where I just was like, "Something's not right here. Something just feels off." And I think, f- and and I just, I've hated the movie ever since. You know, I have legitimately hated Thor: The Dark World ever since. And I've and I've gone back to watch it several several times. And every once a year, I'll do my big MCU movie marathon. Thor: The Dark World. Every time I watch it, it it's always. Um, not the best experience just because because I just don't like it. It's just not my kind of movie. But then we had Thor Ragnarok. And I loved Thor Ragnarok. I thought that movie was so good on so many levels. Just a wonderfully uh, well-written film with uh, with with a lot. And, and the direction I thought was was masterful. Um, and it had that balance of really good humor plus a really good emotional arc uh, in the film as well. But then we get Thor Love and Thunder. 
Now, is this movie... So, like, what was what has been my experience with Thor Love and Thunder? I do remember the first time I watched it. Um, and, in fact, actually, let me bring up... Pull up. I'm I'm am t- I'm looking through my phone here because I remember seeing the movie, and uh, uh, someone who you who you know very well, um, Robert the Ghostwriter, um, had asked me, um, what what are your thoughts on on the movie, and um. I talked about the post credit scene, and I said, uh, but I mentioned this. I said, I liked Gore's story. I just didn't like how they ended it. Jane's story was the standout for me. I thought how they incorporated her into the film was very well done. And then I said, the goats were effing awesome. And then I said, uh, and then I mentioned stuff like this. Uh, let me see. Um... Okay, I, I said this. Um, the storyline with Jane in the movie was very was was my favorite part of the film, and it was it was handled so beautifully. Uh, um, and I also mentioned I still like Ragnarok a little bit more. Um, so. If you, if you were to ask me, Zeke, sum up your thoughts for Thor Love and Thunder. Like, sum it up in, in this way. I would say this. Although I do think it leans too much into the silliness, I still think it is a fun movie. It is, it's a movie where you can just sit down and have fun watching. For It's, it's a good two-hour movie. Uh, fun movie to watch. Um, it's got plenty of jokes in it and all that stuff, but and you know the it's it's got some really nice action in it. I just feel like there are certain choices made in the movie that don't work for me, particularly involving Gore the God Butcher. Now let me kind of talk about Gore for a second here. I was let me see if I can find. Uh, because I want to look at a. There we go. I want to look at a picture of Gore the God Butcher as I talk about Gore, and have Christian Bale's eyes just stare at me. Um, <laughs> um, I was really hyped to see that Marvel convinced Christian Bale to come back to the comic book movie genre and this time play a villain. Because of course Christian Bell, of course, was Batman, and he was a hero. He was a hero. It was really good to see him come back to the genre and do a villain role. And I thought we had the potential of getting a new Thanos. Now, let me just say this right here: I do believe. I do believe that Christian Bell gives an absolutely amazing performance as Gore. I think his performance is top notch. Like he's easily the the one who's he at least is actually trying to give us a really 
um, great villain. Um, and his motivation for doing the things that he's doing is very well done. Like, like the idea of him seeking revenge on the gods because, um, you know, because of for for his daughter is very very well done and well crafted into the story. I just didn't like. First of all. He's called the God Butcher. They call him the God Butcher throughout the entire movie, but he does no God Butchering. You have a character called the God Butcher, but he never once actually kills. I mean, I think I think in the film he really only kills. I mean, you know what? Actually, come to think of it. I believe we only see him kill one god in the movie. Unless I'm forgetting one. And I don't mean like off screen because there's a bunch of gods who we hear about, you know, like like we like of course um uh uh you know, when Thor and Korg go to find Sif, they see that one god that's been killed. Um, that that was that was killed by the time they got there. Um, so, <laughs> but it's like we don't really see him do that much god butchering, and 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 that kind of it's a shame. And and I was really looking forward to 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 seeing that. Um, You know, especially after after that one line that was in the trailer, and it was so cool in the movie too. When when he uh, picks up the necro sword, he basically looks at it and he's like, he's like, it doesn't feel like a curse; it feels like a promise. And then he looks at the looks at that one god that he killed and goes, "So this is my vow: all gods will die." Like that is awesome. But I feel like they didn't really do anything else with him. Other than have him pick on a bunch of little kids, like like that's all that's all he really does is he sits there and basically. <laughs> although I will say, there is one part of the movie that kind of made me laugh with gore. It's when uh, he's with those kids and he's like he's like he's like since we're talking about ripping off heads and then he takes this little um, snake creature and treats it like a um uh, a puppet he goes you know what he likes getting his head ripped clean off he rips the head off and then and then he looks at he looks at the kid and the kids are all petrified and he looks at him and goes what you liked it a second ago <laughs> i don't know why but i laughed at that so hard but no um but although i thought he gave a good performance i didn't and also the way his story ended i honestly wasn't satisfied with i kind of wish we had seen a more satisfying conclusion to that arc i don't know if if it i don't know if i wanted to see him actually get into a one-on-one battle with thor or maybe we should have i mean maybe instead of him fighting jane at the end maybe we should have seen him fight thor i mean like maybe jane should have been the one to use her power to 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 try and stop stormbreaker because I don't know. It's just like I, I felt like 
even the fight between Gore and Jane at the end isn't that great of a fight. As much as I like Jane in the movie, it just wasn't that great of a fight. Now, speaking of 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 the of Jane, uh, the mighty Thor, um, I real I still think to this day I've seen the movie four times. I saw the movie four times, and I will say after those four times of seeing it, I. I still love what they did with her arc. I I loved what they did with her story. Implementing the cancer and then having her, um, uh, uh, you know, seeking to have it, to have a millionaire um, heal her. But instead of healing her, it's actually making her body more weak, you know, and, I do love that moment where she shows up and, and Thor just looks at her and goes, like, like, what are you doing? And she's just like, I I'm I'm choosing to do this. This is you know, and she knows she knows. She knows she's about to die. And in that moment I think it's very it's very beautiful. Um But let me talk about the absolute worst part of this whole movie. And I still think this I still think this is the worst part of the movie, even after um, even after many months and after four viewings, it's Zeus, man. Um, Russell Crowe as Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder, I think is by far the worst part of the entire movie, even though has some really funny moments. There's a couple of lines from Zeus were, that are pretty damn funny. Um, one of my favorite lines from him is, so chill, baby cakes. <laughs> um, that's still one of my favorite lines from him. Or um, one of my other ones is, you, that's it. You are not invited to, you cannot come to the orgy. Um, <laughs> I, I, thought that, I thought some of his lines were funny. But... I feel like overall, as an overall scene, you could have cut that entire scene out. And also, what I didn't like about Thor is that then we get into the end, the post credits, the mid credit scene. We get into this mid credit scene. You know, Zeus was treated like a joke throughout this entire sequence. Then all of a sudden, we get to the to the mid credit scene, and it's like, oh, now I'm a bad guy. Now these now all the mortals will fear us once we kill Thor Odin. I'm like, wait, where did this bad guy turn come from? I mean, I get it. Like he's pissed off that uh, Thor for stealing his his light his his um his thunderbolt. But it's like, wait, so it just it like I don't know. I feel like it didn't make sense to me, and, and even still to this day. I don't find it satisfying that they decided to start him off. He he comes in, he's this jokey screwball character. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, oh now he's going to be the M- the MCU's biggest threat. <laughs> um I just didn't I just didn't find that satisfying. Um and it's not that I hated um, Russell Crowe's performance because Russell Crowe was giving the performance that Taika Waititi asked him to give. Uh, 
just kind of thought the 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 role that Zeus played in the movie was pointless and felt so unnecessary. And out of all of the stuff that they cut out of this movie, because apparently they cut out multiple subplots, out of all the stuff to cut out in this movie, I feel like the the Zeus and omnipotent city stuff could have just been taken right out of the movie because I've, like I said, I've seen the movie four times, but every time I saw every time it, they got to um, uh, omnipotent city, I'm like bored. I'm bored shitless watching it. You know, um, it's a very just like unsatisfying, um, uh, part of the movie. And I, again, just kind of wish they would have cut it out. And that goes into a a big problem with the movie is that, you know, while yes, I find some aspects of the movie very, very funny, but even I, somebody who actually finds certain jokes in this movie hilarious, like, I'm sorry, Bao the God of Dumplings that killed me (laughs) and the goats every time the goats did their big giant scream you know um it made me laugh every single time but even i someone who was laughing at certain jokes in this movie even i can tell you yes it does lean a little too heavy into the jokes um it kind of had a um it kind of had a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 vibe in the sense where Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, although I love – I let me just say this. I do think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a better movie than Thor Love and Thunder. I'm not saying this movie is – is, but it, it, it has a similar problem for me, whereas Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I feel like – like Guardians 1 – Yes, had a lot of humor, but there was a fine. It, it it there was a good balance of humor and 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 dramatic elements to it. And with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, I feel like James Gunn leaned a little too much into the humor, and I feel like there's a couple moments where he could have like reined back on it. Um, there was like example, like here's a perfect example: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. There's one joke that I still don't find that funny, and it's when Nebula, after Nebula shoots Yondu's fin off, uh, she goes, hello, boys. And then she bites the uh, the little uh, yarrow, whatever it's called, uh, the, yar- the, the fruit that she has in her hand. She takes one bite of it, spits it out, and goes, it's not ripe. And I'm like, okay, I'm, we really, really, we had to go back to that joke. It's like... There's just the, it. It was stuff like that, and then same with Thor: Love and Thunder. Is that Thor: Love and Thunder has a lot of jokes in it, and some of them are really funny, and then some of them are like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, like, uh, like again, the omnipotent city stuff. Um, when um, when when Zeus is is walking up to Thor, he like stops and 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 like lifts his little like. Uh, lifts his little skirt and starts lifts his little um, kilt and starts walking down and then all of a sudden he goes number one yes I am scared (laughs) and I just like and and then all of a sudden um, I'm just like I'm I'm watching this and I'm like this this isn't really funny to me like I just am not finding this 
entertaining. Again, there's a couple lines from Zeus that made me laugh. Again, chill, baby cakes. Um, that made me laugh. But there's there's some other jokes I'm watching. And I'm like, no, this isn't really that funny. Um, and again, I mean, I'm sorry, but the you are uninvited to the orgy. That that still makes me laugh hysterically. But um, <laughs> um, but no, I just I I really thought Zeus's role in this movie. You could have just cut that whole stuff out. And a lot of the silly elements in the movie, like there's one, there's one joke. Um, oh, this is one that 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 really frustrates me. It's when Thor is fighting alongside the Guardians, and they finally call Thor out, and and Quill's like, "Thor, we need your help to win this battle." And yes, it's really good to see the Guardians, but one of the things I didn't like about that opening scene was that I didn't like how. All of a sudden, the Guardians and all of them stop fighting and just watch Thor, you know, fight these uh, fight these villains, you know. They just sit back and let Thor finish the job instead of actually going in to help fight. And it's like, it's like, okay, I I don't really, especially since, you know, there's that one part where, um, where Quill is, uh, where Star-Lord is like leaning against one of the rocks and he goes, he goes, here it comes. And then uh and then um Thor says, This ends here and now. Um, and then Quill's like getting all amped up, and it looks like they're all about to go in and charge with Thor, but then it's like, no, we're just gonna sit back and let Thor finish all this. And it's like, okay, what was the point of that? And then I I don't know, I just feel like they they kind of I feel like that whole fight sequence could have been taken out of the movie also just because it felt very, very pointless. Um, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in the movie that really like kind of frustrated me about it. If, um, I guess, I guess I can, I guess I can say this overall to answer the first question. Uh, that I that that's been thrown out there. Is this a bad movie? No, I I I don't think so. And is it as bad? Uh, let me bring up actually, because I have a, a rankings of all of the Marvel cinema of all the MCU movies. I'm just trying to find it here. Uh, MCU movie rankings. Here we go. Um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Is is right underneath um, Captain America: The First Avenger at the number twenty spot. I think it's better than Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I think it's better than. Um... Actually, I, hmm, I might switch. I might switch my rankings around now. Actually, I might put Thor: Love and Thunder at twenty one. Because I really do like the first Thor movie a lot more. But, like, basically from number 23 all the way to number 29 is in my rankings, um, that's where all the bad MCU movies are. Like Black Widow, Iron Man 2, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World. I think Thor Love and Thunder is better than 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 of those movies. 
And I do think that, yes, you have seven really bad MCU films, but after, but once you get to Thor Love and Thunder, from Thor Love and Thunder all the way to my number one favorite MCU film, which is Spider-Man No Way Home, there, there, you have MCU movies that are either good, that are between, that are either that start from good and then get to phenomenal, you know. So no, I don't think Thor: Love and Thunder is, and, and I've heard a lot of people go that, oh yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder is the worst MCU movie. No, no, because you still have Thor: The Dark World, and where I think, I think Thor: Love and Thunder, I think. I, I do think Thor Love and Thunder and Thor The Dark World both share similarities in the sense that the villains are not as strong in those movies as they were in the previous installments. Like, the first Thor movie, Loki was a great villain. Second Thor movie, Malekith was a terrible villain. Um, Thor Ragnarok. I thought Hela was a great villain. Then Thor, Love and Thunder came around and Gore overall. I, and like I said, I liked Christian Bale's performance as Gore. I just didn't like Gore, the character, as much as I wanted to. So do I think it's a bad movie? No. Is it the be- Is it top 10 MCU for me? No. It's, it's, it's middle ground MCU for me. It's middle ground for me. Um, but another question I've seen thrown around is, should we see uh, Taika Waititi return to make another Thor movie? As far as that question goes, um, I <sighs> man, I I I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. We should not see uh, Taika Waititi return to make another Thor movie. Um, I think he has had, I think he's had success working with Marvel. Obviously, I think he's had some success working with Marvel. I think it's, it's made him a better director in some ways. Um, but I honestly, I will say, you know, watching hit movies like Thor, Love and Thunder and Thor Ragnarok, and then when you compare it to his other films like Jojo Rabbit or What We Do in the Shadows, um, I just think I would rather see him direct his own original stuff. Um, I think I prefer his original stuff over the stuff he's worked with, uh, over the stuff over the Marvel movies he's done, um, and that might be a an that might be a a controversial opinion, but I just I just do. I mean, when you look at again, look at his films that aren't MCU related, like um, you know, you have Jojo Rabbit, um, Hunt for the Wilder. Pe- uh, wait, hold on. Uh, let me see. No, there we go. All right. Like, you look at, like, Jojo Rabbit, um, Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows, um, Boy, you know, like, when when you watch those movies, you're like, oh, wow, he's actually a very good director. 
you watch his Thor movies and you're like, yeah, Thor Ragnarok was was really good. Thor Ragnarok was really good. You watch his Mandalorian episode. Yeah, his Mandalorian episode was really good. But I think his his he excels, in my opinion, at making his own original stuff. You know? Like, go back and watch Jojo Rabbit. And then compare that to, like, Thor Love and Thunder. It's it's a very different movie. A very different movie. You know? Um, and then he has another one coming out um, that's coming out next year called Next Goal Wins, um, which sounds like it could be int- which sounds like it could be interesting, um, and it's got a cast in it that's pretty. It's got some got some pretty big stars: Will Arnett, Michael Fassbender, Elizabeth Moss. You know, I I just think I I personally believe that he should go and just direct his own original stuff. And I'll be honest. I don't want to see I I this again this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. I don't want to see his Star Wars movie. I I don't want to see him see his Star Wars movie because like I said because I went because like I said I went back and watched his um and watched all of his movies outside outside of uh, um, of the Thor movies, and I prefer movies like Boy or What We Do in the Shadows or Hunt for the Wilder People or Jojo Rabbit. I prefer those movies more. Like Jojo Rabbit is probably my favorite movie he's done. You know, Thor Ragnarok and Thor: Love and Thunder aren't even close to being better than what we do in the shadows or hunt for the wilder people. You know, I just don't think I want to, I think he needs to take a break from doing the big tentpole stuff and go back to do something a little bit more smaller, you know, you know, and I think he's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would hope he decides to, uh, I, I hope he decides to do something a little bit more uh, smaller and, and and do less of the tentpole stuff and go back and make a movie like uh, m- go back and make a movie like what we do in the shadows or like Jojo Rabbit, you know. So, um, but as far as him returning to make another Thor movie, I I would say no, no, don't don't do it. Um, but. Hey, if if he does come back to make another Thor movie, um, I will of course be there to see it opening day because I'm, you know, because I I'm eventually gonna have to talk about it on the Web Swingers podcast. But uh, but I don't know. I just I just feel like uh, Taika Waititi is just one of those movies that I feel like he makes better stuff when he's not doing it for. Like, when he's not making something that's part of an overall big plan, you know, if that makes any sense. I don't know. So, so kind of wrapping this whole thing up, because we do got to wrap things up here. Um, is Thor Love and Thunder 
like, like, if you had the if you had, if you if you sat down and said Zeke, when you look back on Thor: Love and Thunder, do you, would you ever go back and rewatch it? And to that, I'm gonna say no. Um, I'll probably watch it. I'll probably do it like whenever I do my MCU movie marathon again, I will probably sit down and go and rewatch it and um, enjoy the hell out of it. But, but I don't see myself ever sitting down one night and going, you know what? I want to watch Thor love and thunder. You know, you know, I have so many movies on, on Blu-ray that I look at and go, you know what? I feel like watching that movie today. Or I feel like watching this. I feel like watching that. You know, I don't feel the urge to want to go back and watch a movie like. Um, I don't feel the urge to want to go back and watch Thor: Love and Thunder. I re- I just really don't. I really don't. Um, I think it's a very good movie. I think it's I think it's very good. I think it has some redeeming qualities about it. Um, but do I think do I think it's a bad movie? No, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's it's. It's middle tier MCU for me, you know, so, but with all that said, guys, uh, that will do it for this week's episode of the Web Swingers podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, if you like this, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. Uh, while you're at it, go subscribe to the Zeke Said So uh, YouTube, the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. Um we just announced on the Zeke Said So show that uh, there's some big, huge announcements. We got a whole new lineup of shows for the for next year, uh, for January 2023. Uh, we announced that this show, the Web Singers Podcast, is now going to be a Tuesday night show starting in the new year. So make sure you guys go and hear that and go and listen to the Zeke Said So show. That's where all those announcements were made. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and if you guys like this uh podcast please make sure you share and subscribe i think i should subscribe to the podcast because zeke the geek said so and don't forget guys with great power comes great responsibility